No. Ah, much better. Now, get ready for an uncivilized discussion about faith. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Barbarian, Barbarian Prophet. And I'm welcoming all the members of the tribe back into our home. So we are just so glad that all of you are still dialed in and listening to us. We're trying something new today. We are going to step out and do a little thing called... It's time for 10 Minutes of Faith. 10 Minutes of Faith is one of those things where we take a few minutes and take a look at the Bible, especially on a day like today where we are taking a look at uh, Matthew chapter 17, and we are taking a look at the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. When it comes down to that transfiguration, you know, people start to try to wrap their mind around why was he glowing? Why did these other guys show up like Elijah and Moses? And and how did anybody know that it was Elijah and Moses? There wasn't any Polaroid pictures taken back then. No Polaroids? No, no, no Polaroids at all, man. So <clears throat> I don't know how they must have had a painting or some, or maybe the chisel work was like extraordinary back in the day. It could be. I think their name was on their shirt, embroidered. It could have been. You don't know what kind of, uh, and there, there was obviously something that had them set up. But, you know, one of the things that happens is that when Jesus steps up to them and uh, it starts speaking with Moses and Elijah, uh, is that he starts to literally his light his face becomes lighter and the reason that his face starts to become lighter is because the holy spirit is starting to sh- reveal himself there becomes this cloud of smoke or uh mist around him which is the father and the father speaks out so the real reason what we're seeing here is a moment where the trinity is all together. And, you know, some people don't subscribe subscribe to the term Trinity. Okay, so describe what Trinity is for those of us who are ignorant. No, no, it isn't an ignorant thing. Not not fully understanding something is an ignorance. It just hasn't got the right information yet. So what happens there is we are looking at uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the three are one. And it's actually called a triune Godhead, meaning that they are three all the same. When we see Jesus Christ, we see the Father manifested. Okay. Okay. Um, They are separate, but they are one. And I know that is really difficult to wrap (laughs) our minds around, but that's part of the great mystery of having a God, right? Okay. And uh, the situation gets down to when when we take a look at him, is that the Holy Spirit is what dwells in each one of us. And the other part of that is is that Jesus becomes that human relatable to us because we go, hey, he understands where I'm at, where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. He understands the struggles. I mean, if you don't think he didn't ever uh, deal with things, you need to pay attention to the Bible a little better because he did have to deal with some stuff. Right. And, uh, I mean, with people hating on him, we he had to deal with uh, uh, actually righteous anger. You know, mm-hmm. and there's a difference between just being angry and having a righteous anger. I mean, being disgruntled with something that's very, very seriously against God. And the other thing that happened with uh, the Father is you got to understand his Father is the great creator of all things. Jesus is not manufactured, okay? Okay. He's always been. And the other thing that you have there is you have the Holy Spirit. He's always been. The three have always existed. Okay. 
And when we come together, when we see them all together, it's in several different places in the Bible. We see them in the very beginning in uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and it says, let us make man in our image. That is the Trinity speaking to itself. God doesn't just speak to nobody. I mean, he's talking to himself, all right, but he's putting things in motion. Okay. And the other thing is when we go to like John chapter 3, there's a, a, a point, and I think it's about verse 11. Uh, don't quote me on that. If I miss that, I'm sorry. But if, when you get there, what you'll see is he says, uh, you do not believe our witness. For uh, And he uses the term our and we several times, and he's speaking as an individual. He's not speaking crazy talk. He is speaking as the full trinity in that moment. Okay. And he's telling you the importance of being baptized. Now, what ends up happening is when we look at just in chapter 2 of John, but prior to that, what happens when Jesus gets baptized, okay? Okay. Jesus being fully man and fully God, okay? We got to wrap our minds around that. He was born, Mm -hmm. okay? So he ends up, um, when he gets baptized and comes up out of the water, then John looks and sees heaven open. And the spirit come as a dove, he says, and land and not depart from him. And the voice of the father speaks. So there again, that's a Trinity moment, a a triune God moment. And what happens is he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Okay, so let's wrap our minds around this for just a second. Did Jesus need to be baptized? And the answer is no. He He got baptized for what is called righteousness sake. To put things into right order. Does that make sense? Um, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know that I would do, I wouldn't do it just to put it, make it right. I would be like, I'm doing it to show other people what to do. No, see, that's thinking that it doesn't do anything. Okay. But I'm going to take you back to Genesis chapter one, verse two. Okay. And it says the spirit of God is hovering over the waters. What's he waiting for? Uh, I don't know. He's waiting for Jesus' baptism. Because okay. what Christ does when he is baptized and that spirit descends, it takes us back before Adam w- fell. So we're no longer subject to him anymore. That's what it means to be born again, be born separate. Ah, okay. From the Adam. We're no longer made in the image of man, Adam, a fallen man. That's why we consume the communion with the blood of Christ, because we become a part of his family. Makes sense. It, okay. it, it separates us out, right? Yeah. So, you know, with that that kind of situation, we need to realize is that as we're talking about this moment of transfiguration, he's also showing us a couple other things. He has Moses there, and he has Elijah there. And like I was saying earlier today, Moses represents the law, which prepares the people for the coming of the Lord. And Elijah, which foretells the coming of the Lord. And they're both uh, more of uh, a representation of things. Now, were they really there? Yes, they were really there. But on the other end, as you need to realize that, and then who were they Who were they appearing for? Were they appearing for Jesus, or were they appearing for Peter, James, and John? Okay. Okay? So here's the other thing of why they were appearing for Peter, James, and John. James becomes the first apostle that is martyred. Okay. Okay, he is murdered for his belief in Christ. If you'll pay attention, these three guys, they are always, 
always at main events. These three guys are always at main events. They're the cool kids. They're the cool kids. They're in the know. They know where to be. They know where the party is. Absolutely. (laughs) So one of the things that we see represented right there with uh, James is, are you willing to go to the box? Man, are you are you willing to give it all up? And he did. Wow. And then then the next guy is Peter. You know, Peter. They, everybody likes to say Peter was kind of a bonehead, etc. But I'm telling you, man, that guy that guy got out of the boat and took three steps on the water. Ain't nobody else got out of the boat. Hmm. So the other thing that happens with Peter is, even though he's an extremely aggressive guy, and you know he's usually saying some boneheaded things, the truth of the matter is, he believes so much that when even they crucified him and they went to put the cross in the ground, he said, "Do not crucify me as you did my Lord," and they turned him upside down. Oh wow! And so he was crucified upside down, which is a pretty horrific death in itself. I would believe so. And then the last one is John. I mean, um, John becomes that one that lives until very old age. And And when he gets to very old age, what ends up happening is he ends up perishing uh, just from natural causes. So, you know, God sets us up in these moments. So, you know... Tyler, I, I hate to tell you this, man, but we've already burned up our 10 minutes oh, in the awesome. Bible hour, but I hope that we all learned a little something out of there. So, Well, I did, so I'm sure the listeners have as well, because I, like I said earlier, I'm kind of a proxy for the listeners. In other words, I don't go to church all the time, so I'm learning. This is awesome. Right on. Well, cool beans, man. Thanks. Thanks. For questions or comments, please email us at info at thebarbarianprophet.com. The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian.